middle cough. Hey, behave. Podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. We are live on YouTube. To everybody on YouTube, what is up? If you are listening to the podcast, you can check out our show on YouTube as well. Sometimes we go live there. We do the podcast there. And sometimes we go live for other reasons on YouTube. So check it all out. Check it out, people. Tell your friends. Grassroots. By the way, also coming up on YouTube, we will release. Now, the if you're listening to the podcast, you're in the right place. You've got it all together. If you're watching the YouTube, we've got a guest on the show today, John. And that interview will be posting on YouTube separately from this podcast. It will be in the podcast. But uh, we're excited about this. Is it fair to say that he's the best quarterback west of Denver that does not play professional football? The best quarterback west of Denver, Kyler? Yeah, no no professional oh, football. Not professional. Yeah, no, no NFL. You know, Carr, Stafford. Well, yeah, I mean I I I Is he better said, than Jimmy? I, <laughs> I mean he'd be he'd get a he'd get he'd get some he would have played at some point in time. Herbert said, Russell, a lot, lot of good pro quarterbacks west of Denver. A lot of good pro quarterbacks, but I I said uh several weeks ago that I thought he'd start probably start for every Pac twelve school right now. Might start I mean, I think would inarguably start for like ten of the twelve. Who's the best Pac-12 quarterback, would you say? Well, it's a debate. I mean, some would say uh, Jane Daniels at Arizona State. S- somebody might – I asked this question someone the other day. They said Dorian. I would say maybe Tanner McKee in terms of pro prospect at Stanford. But, yeah, I I, I would I would go with Jaden one. Um, but I think – like this is why I say I think Jake Hayner, who was our guest on the podcast today – would start at the majority of Pac-12 schools. One of the biggest games uh, this week, Fresno State, San Diego State, the rusty screwdriver. What's it called? No, that's Hawaii. <laughs> this is the old oil can, John. The old oil can. Well, I, I mean, San Diego State's raked in the top 20. They have not lost a game, correct, this know. season. Nope. Uh, nine unbeatens remaining. And the dogs are going to go down there to, I, you know, I was like, where does San Diego State play? It's like, oh, yeah, they still play at Qualcomm. <laughs> that's no, 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 you they're know, playing they, at Carson. Oh, they They're don't play Carson. Remember the StubHub, whatever they call that stadium. Oh shit, that is a ball game, guy. Yeah, because um, they're getting like some Hay- work done, I think, on theirs. But I like Hayner to go in there and kick their ass. So uh, yeah, I think go he's going to play well. Yeah, I think he's going to play well. He is the quarterback for the Fresno State Bulldogs. That's where I went to school. That's where John worked for Pat Hill. Got his graduate degree. Actually, Hangs up there on the wall, guy. I got a graduate degree from Fresno State. You didn't pull it down? I, I can't reach it right now. I had it up during our interview, my my degree uh, from Fresno State. Proud Bulldogs here, John and I. And uh, so we were thrilled. I mean, we we've been, we wanted to talk to him after the UCLA game, but everybody did. So we let it die down, and Jake Jake gave us some time, and we had a lot to talk with him about. Stud. So that's that's coming up. Jake Hayner. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. He's from the Bay Area. And uh, he plays at, at Fresno State and um, is really good. He's a ball Same one. high school as uh, Zach Ertz, the head coach, also Adam Peters, John Lynch's right-hand guy. The head coach for Monta Vista right now is C.J. Anderson, the running back that from Vallejo went to Cal, was Peyton Manning starting running back in the Super Bowl. When he, uh, I think when he won the Super Bowl or maybe when he went to the Rams, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but Adam Peters, as an undrafted free agent, was a big reason that they signed him with the Denver Broncos. Uh, C.J. Anderson was the year that I was doing the West Coast, but he had had a big junior season because he was a junior college transfer, 
And I remember as a senior, is their senior year, I mean, the Cal team, I think that's the year Tedford got fired. It was just kind of a disaster. You know, Keenan, Keenan was on that team too, but his brother, stepbrother was the, uh, Zach Maynard was the starting quarterback. It yeah. just got derailed. I think they won yeah. like three games and it was a bad deal. Monta Vista. Uh, Nate Landman, linebacker at Colorado from Monta Vista. So, um, uh, Jake Hanner, we found out, was at the Elite 11 with Mac Jones, Tua. Yeah. So, a lot to talk about with him. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, get in the mailbag. Don't forget, go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars. Leave us a question, tell us your favorite bar to hang at. And that is how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. Uh, also, John, we're on a text thread right now with a buddy of ours. And, um, well, I won't, I won't say. I was going to say, this is streaming right now in a college football office. And the uh, text we just got was Jaden Daniels. We won't say which office. And now if we talk about that team, it'll be obvious. Yeah. uh, That's, you know, actually it won't be obvious because we get a lot of texts from a lot of them. I mean, he's, yeah, the guy's a good player. Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that said, uh, a lot of good football this week. We'll we'll be talking about that coming up on on Thursday. What? Some of the game, just some of the games we like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the, yeah. I don't I know how our guy. No, I backed us into a corner there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. To our guy, we love your team. Okay. Yeah, we do. To our guy, we love your team. I might go and to a college football game this uh, weekend. Oregon oh, State. Really? The the Beavers play the Cal Bears. Yeah. Oh. Uh. So yeah. Well, Herm, Herm Edwards is not going to be happy to hear that after we're texting him that we're talking about somebody else. But what about Oregon State's quarterback? Is he any good? Chance Nolan. He played uh, – he's had some good games. I mean, he's been inconsistent with the pass game, but he played well the other day. He made some really – you know what? I'm glad you mentioned them because they they run the shit out of the ball. I can't wait. Smash they blocked up. two punts the other day, John. One of them had – that got called back because two guys are wearing the same number. I don't know who's in charge of that, but uh, somebody was – that's one of those games, the rest of the game, just like, please win, please win, please win. And then that can just be funny. I know. But um, he hit some – their quarterback hit, made some big throws the other day. I had to do a sell. I have a a mutual friend who's leaving us some tickets. Not you, but because you got to work. But for me, and I was like, who am I going to take to the game? So I hit up Brian Hawkins, our buddy, yeah. St. Mary's baseball legend. And I go, hey, you want to go to Oregon State Cal? And I can tell he's like, Oregon State Cal. And I was like, then I started selling. I'm like, Oregon yeah. State's five and two. He's like, who's their coach? I'm like, oh, it's former Chris Peterson, OC, quarterback at Oregon State, now coaching his alma mater, up and comer, future Pasadena di- native. Yeah, he's coming, UCLA. Uh, Jonathan Smith. I love Jonathan Smith's demeanor. Sources oh, say Johnny's the Haver the Middlecoff podcast. We want to get him on this podcast. So if anyone is watching that knows him, yep, tell him fucking we want to talk to him. Let him know nobody is more pro Oregon State than us. He is a fantastic guy, like one of my all time favorites. And um, I've had a chance to talk to him several several occasions for a while. I saw him at a dinner recent uh, a couple months ago, and uh, he's. It's fantastic. And then, and then Hawk said, I'm in. He's like, God, they're five oh, and two. Is That's Hawk really impressive. Yeah, he's coming. And then I'm like, you know what? You know what Oregon State is like? If you can go win nine, ten games at Oregon State, it'd be like throwing a, a power five university in Woodland. Think how impressive that is to beat. Like the last couple of weeks, they beat. With all due US, respect I mean, to this, Woodland, I mean, it's been voted like the number one college town in America, Corvallis. Some call it Corvegas. That, that, that's what the vote was. I didn't. Hey, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, don't I, kill the messenger. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I might be. But, but relative to like. I'll do respect to Woodland. Home Corvallis? Of How many people live in Corvallis? Well, I don't know. But I mean, it's it's a college town. 
But they say the same shit about fucking Stark Vegas and Mississippi State. Like, no one's going there. And again, I'm not anti I've never I'm, been to either one of those. I'm, I would bet money that it's better than Starkville. Have you been to Corvallis? I've been to Corvallis many times. What do Had you think? Had a good time at Corvallis. Yeah, it's so have I. Classic college, small college town. I like it. But but they shouldn't be beating, like, it's very impressive when they beat Utah and USC. No, no, I, right. <laughs> I get your point. I'm glad, I'm glad you talked talk into it. Uh, all right. So a lot to get to. Let's talk some uh, some other things. Before we do, this show is sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. This is the good stuff. This is the number one vodka in America. Great recipe. So many options. You still have an empty bottle there on your table. The full ones are in the kitchen. But, you know, they like us to give some recipes. I What's better than the best? John Daly, lemonade, iced tea, vodka. Bam. Have a good time. One I go with, uh, and I know many people listening, if you have a girlfriend or a wife, you probably have LaCroix somewhere uh either in the pantry or in the refrigerator you can go with any flavor of Lacroix and just go tito's and Lacroix. i mean it's tito soda but it's yeah. flavored you know it's just, it's like so if you get the strawberry one or the lime one uh, the lime one it's like the the green Lacroix. uh basically is a tito soda and lime <laughs> it's already built in it's awesome you just boom boom and you're ready to roll That's <laughs> That's great. i do that all the time I like, I highly recommend the ginger. There was some debate a while back about ginger ale versus ginger beer. I still still don't know the difference. It's not alcoholic, but ginger beer, specifically, they got these green bottles at Trader Joe's. I think it's the best ginger drink, whatever. Um, I like the ginger beer with with some Tito's. I I highly recommend that as well. But uh, whatever you do, do it responsibly. Send us photos. We always appreciate you sending us photos of you hanging out with your Tito's. And... um, uh, enjoy. I mean, it's, and we're running it's a business, best. people, and so are they. So go to your local Bevmo, Safeway, Albertsons. If you're in Florida, where Jameis stole the crab legs, Publix, wherever you are. What what was the uh, H-E-B. What, what was the go to one in Fresno? Uh, Save Mart. Was Save Mart? Yeah, like or Lucky. A, yeah, Save Mart. You know, wherever you are, go to the alcohol section and just. Buy a bottle of Tito's. The one thing that stands out is the quality is elite. It's the number one vodka in America. But the price point, it's not. It is fantastic. You you can't beat it. You and you'll never stop going back. I promise. Yeah, for award-winning level vodka. I mean, double gold award-winning vodka. There's still the bottle in Austin, Texas. Forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code HAM1, where they'll match that first, they'll double that first deposit up to a thousand bucks when you use the code HAM1. Uh, you can also decline the bonus because if you accept it, uh, remember you will have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. But either way, HAM1, let them know we sent you. We will make our official lock of the week pick on Thursday's podcast. We'll say we're we are we're hot right now. We've we're, we've won five in a row. Uh, past success is not an indication of future success or whatever it's called. But um, let's just for a moment, John, discuss what we might be considering here. I just one thing before football. I just pulled up the World Series odds on the series, uh, pretty evenly matched. I mean, the Braves are just slight underdog, plus one twenty, Astros minus one fifty. Who do you like this series? Dusty Baker to finally get over the hump. Seventy three years old with the gloves on. Yeah, how about uh, you? You can get. Um, oh, I love this. Ozzy Albie's plus twenty two hundred to be the uh, World Series MVP. Do a World Series MVP. Uh, Carlos Correa plus twelve hundred. What about even like Altuve plus ten, basically ten to one? I mean, he yeah. could easily hit like three or four home runs this series. What about what about Jock? Couldn't he hit like five home runs in this series? Like, I don't think Houston can really pitch. They give up a lot of bombs. I kind of like that. Sure. Will Smith, Austin Riley, anyway, Freddie Freeman. 
Uh, lock of the week coming. What um, lock of the week coming on the next pod? A few things we're considering. I mean, Packers plus six we considered, although it's Thursday night. We don't normally do that. And now they're going to be without Devontae and Alan Lazard. So that's probably out. There's some big lines, but there's actually better games this weekend than last week. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, there's one game that really stands out to me, and we'll get into Mike Tomlin a little bit later, but the Steelers are coming off a bye. They're playing the Brownies, which I don't know the status of Baker Mayfield, but really, as you noticed on Thursday Night Football last week against Denver, what the fuck's the difference between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum? There isn't one. Their running backs are banged up. The Steelers, I, I mean, I, I like this, plus three and a half. The Steelers getting points at the Browns. Like, yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I do too. How about Seahawks minus three at home against the Jags? I would fundamentally refuse to have to put any money on Geno Smith. I, here's another one. Now, I don't want to be emotionally mad at this team, but the Niners minus three and a half are plus 105. The Bears average 14 points a game. I know. I uh, I actually think that's on the table for locking you the could you could convince me to pull the trigger right now. I probably wouldn't try to convince you to pull the trigger on that right now, but I I I do think the 49ers are uh, what I'm thinking in my head is do I want to say the word much better or do I just want to stick with better? I mean they're definitely better than the Probably Bears. not much better than anybody at this point. I'm... Yeah, is there something between better and much better? Like that's not that's a little more than a little better? Y- yeah, they're just they're, they're not a little better. I think they're more than a little better. Better. They're not three and a half. They're probably five or six points better on paper. Khalil Mack, uh, McGlinchey, you know, I mean, there's a yeah, few matchups. I mean, at least, that... at least Rob, Robert Dwelly can help him out. If you want to parlay the Steelers. I believe his name is Ross. Ross. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he was getting shoved around last game. Steelers and the San Francisco 49ers parlay pays basically three to one. What do you think about five hundred dollars, three to one? What does that bad boy pay? Pay fifteen hundred. Forty niners. That's pretty intriguing. I'm just saying. It's, it's, it is a little tasty. I'm just saying. It is a little tasty. All right. There was a lot of debate, obviously, about the uh, the decisions of Kyle Shanahan as it relates to what he's going to do with his quarterbacks, and uh, some of the things I agree with, some of them I don't. I, I think you would fall in that category too. But I, I think the the emotion right now as we wait to see what Trey Lance's availability is going to be this week, but it's clear, as Kyle Shanahan said, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback against the Bears. I think the emotion that people feel is this fear that with this team on the brink of its season being pointless in terms of wins and losses, pointless isn't the word, but uh, over in terms of a playoff chase, people are afraid that Kyle Shanahan is going to let the ship sink with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Is that what you're feeling from people? Well, I I saw someone on social media say, like a, a media member, that of course Kyle is going to go out of his way to be, you know, claim Jimmy as the starter before the trade deadline. And my pushback is, guys, th- this is not fantasy football. There's a salary cap involved, and no one has $15 million of ca- salary cap space. Or I guess Jimmy's half his salary's gone, so he's 25, is 12 and a half. Like people don't have that amount of money. It's why these players with these massive salaries do not get traded uh, during the season. Part of the reason Stephon Gilmore went to the Panthers for only a six-round pick is there was a short list of teams that can take on that type of money. He is not a tradable player. He's not. So when Kyle's saying these things, 
I believe he's he believes them. And I, as a coach, you got to be careful what to say to your team. But I, I am a little concerned. I, I don't necessarily think that he believes Jimmy Garoppolo is some great player. But I do believe that he thinks he's vastly better and more important in terms of winning a game than Trey Lance right now. And that's kind of scary. I, I, I don't know if he even thinks vastly. He might. He might. I mean, we saw what he did when they were both healthy. He went with Jimmy and didn't really hesitate much. Time, we'll see when Trey Lance is healthy what decisions he makes. Now, I think they're going to beat the Bears, and if they do that with Jimmy Garoppolo, then it makes it more likely that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback the following week if Trey Lance is healthy. And we'll see this week if Trey Lance is healthy if he works into the game at all. I think that he will. If he's healthy enough to play, I think we'll we'll see them push for almost force him into the game in terms of getting in some packages. But I, I've heard this – so actually, before I jump ahead, let's address what you what you talked about, which is trade value. Trade value is not a consideration at this point. Like, you're not playing Jimmy Garoppolo for trade value. That's That has nothing it, – it, if they are, it's, it, it's asinine. No one's trading for him. No one's giving you anything for him. And I think a lot. I think a lot of 49ers feel that everything going on with the Niners right now is a little asinine. It's a little outrageous. It's just a little whack. Well, okay, but let's just talk about this. The idea well, that to yeah, me, I, I mean, revolving saying, around the quarterback situation. Yeah, but I'm saying this is on a this is on another level. The idea that trade value has anything to do with any of this, like it's it's a it is over. It's a sunk cost. Anything you get in some theoretical trade at this point, you should consider a surprise chocolate in your sandwich bag. Like it's no if you're thinking about trade value right now, you're doing it wrong. Like it is done. There's no trade. There's no trade. And if there is a trade, it's not for anything you want. No, it's not a trade that'll get anybody's attention. It'll the bleacher report update you get will be. Niners trade quarterback for pick. Click to see what round. You know the way they do it. It'll be like a, a the Niners sign running back who once appeared in the SEC. You're like, what? Who are they talking? Did they did they just trade for Derrick Henry? You know, like that's what they want you to think. Yeah. That's the kind of alert you're going to get. It's nothing of value. The trade conversation is dead, John. But you're right. It's people are talking about it like it's a factor here. The other word I've heard is like loyal. Jimmy, like a loyal. This is not about loyalty. Kyle has tried to get rid of Garoppolo like four. He's tried to replace him with Deshaun. He tried to replace him with Stafford. He want he ended his relationship with Lafleur. Half kidding, because he wanted Rodgers. He just drafted a quarterback. There's no. This is not about loyalty to to, to Garoppolo. I, it is not about loyalty. I think the scary thing is, and, and listen, we don't know. We'll, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. We'll know Wednesday if he practices, uh, and we'll know by the end of the week how. You know, if he, if he's limited on Wednesday, does he progress more? Is he limited all week? The moment he's fully healthy, every single human being, me, you, the dude sitting on their couch, every person that's last name is not Garoppolo and associated with the Garoppolo family does not want to see Jimmy Garoppolo ever play quarterback again, if as long as Trey is physically able to play. And to me, that is kind of the elephant in the room right now. And what's scary is that, let's say Trey is not quite healthy this week. So they just say, hey, he's he, maybe he'll travel, but Sudfeld will be up. He'll be down. They go and they beat the Bears by 10-plus points, and, and Jimmy's good. Let's say he throws a couple touchdowns, and they just kind of look like they did the first couple weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo will start the next week. Like they, I have zero confidence that Kyle would 
bench him, and he mentioned this yesterday. And again, he could be lying. Coaches, who, what they say sometimes, it's hard to, you know, put too much stock in. Like, is it the truth? Is it not? Whoever knows. But he said, like, Jimmy doesn't play for his job every week. I mean, it's kind of what he alluded to when he was talking to the press yesterday on a phone call. So Jimmy would start the following week, right? If if he beats the Bears, I, I think that. And then let's say Trey's healthy by next week. That's what people just. I, I think Kyle made an enormous miscalculation because he was obsessed with the short term. And I think any human being in any big business that's obsessed with the short term is where you can make the gravity of your mistakes feel enormous. And th- to be two and four with Trey only having one game in feels like you went all in with Jimmy because you were just obsessed with trying to make the playoffs and now you're not even close to making the playoffs. Thank God for Seattle, you'd be in the cellar of the NFC West. And it doesn't feel like he's willing to pivot off that anytime soon. Obviously, if they keep losing, he eventually won't have a choice. But like, they can band-aid a win here and there with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's like, is Trey even going to get end up getting that many games this year? They could go 6-10, and 10, and the way it plays out, like, you know... I could see Trey only getting a couple starts at the end, which is scary. right. You're saying that six and ten, but it it's there. But at one in point in time, it's like four Knicks. and five. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. it's like six and seven. It's like, can they win three straight? No, and then Trey gets the last couple games. I that that's what's scary, and I I think Kyle, we have to judge him by his actions. We'll try to win every fucking game humanly possible. And listen, I don't ever push back. I I understand no coaches like, I, and as someone that pounded the table to tank a couple years ago. Because by that, you know, in December, remember when they won that meaningless game and we were arguing, not necessarily me and you, but just people, the argument was out there. Yeah. The problem is, big picture, you do not have a first-round pick. The only hope your franchise has is this quarterback. And, you know, the, the consumer's already turning on you. And I, I don't like that. Like, I don't want – it's not that fun. I mean, it's thank God it's a topic to talk about, but I, I'd rather have this, like – something to build upon and that doesn't feel like they're anywhere near doing that which is kind of crazy given what they gave up for the kid yeah yeah i i think i'm not convinced that he's just going to stick with jimmy even if trey's healthy now you're right if they beat the bears this week as i still think they should they're the better football team they're favored on the road they should win this game um then then there's then jimmy grapple is going to play the next week but you know who the next opponent is no who it's the Arizona Cardinals, who Trey Lance has already started against. Now, does that is that good for Trey Lance or bad for Trey Lance? Like, is Trey Lance's life harder if he plays against the team he's played against before because they've played against him? Or is it easier because he's played against them? You would have to say it would be easier. I would argue the same. And it like I think six years ago, it might it it um Six years ago, I think you could say like, well, it's going to be harder because a running quarterback and some of these RPO things that you're going to do, you know, now they've seen it. But they've they they've been seeing that thing for years. Like you're not sneaking up on anybody. The stuff that you do with Trey as a runner is familiar to NFL defenses. So there's you don't not think, you don't think Chandler Jones is like, what does a running quarterback look like? Oh yeah, we see one every fucking day in practice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but just defending that in real speed and the. Yeah, like so, I, I'm with you. I think it'd be easier for Trey, and that's where I think the that's where it gets really interesting. And that's what you're talking about is what happens. Not that this team, not that we should ever assume a win for these 49ers at this point. But I, 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 I would say it's. I see here. I, I think here, it's here an interesting my, spot. 
Jimmy wins this game, you're three and four. Kyle's going to go wash seasons on the line these next two weeks against these two divisional teams. And I think he'll just roll with Jimmy, which is scary. Yeah, I think he would roll with Jimmy to a point. But I do think we'd see some of what he initially maybe wanted to do, which is more of Trey Lance. If Jimmy starts, still more of Trey Lance. Because I go back to, I think he is desperate to win. I think he's desperate to win. And I don't think he'd put some... I, again, there is no loyal. He's not loyal to Jimmy Garoppolo. He is not. This is not about loyalty to Jimmy. He's been trying to replace him, so he's not gonna. St- he's not gonna default to Jimmy. I, he, I think he's frustrated with Jimmy. Now, maybe he doesn't think Trey Lance is ready to do all the things that he can tell Jimmy to do. But Jimmy can't do all the things he's telling Jimmy to do. No, it's a disaster. Julio on YouTube says Cardinals D has the advantage over Trey in terms of a rematch. I think it's worse for Trey, in my opinion. I think Arizona's defense adjusts to Trey better than he would adjust to them. College yet to prove he's a better head coach than Cliff in 2021. Yeah, I, look, I, I I think there is something to their defense seeing him, but I think their defense would be the same thing in the second meeting in terms of like the good players that he prepared for are good again. Kyle, I think Kyle, it's got to help a guy the second time you've seen a team when you're Kyle young. went from is he, is he better than McVay to Cliff's now better than fast. It's your, this the best part about football. If it's, Kyle it's, had Kyler, he'd look better than Cliff. Okay. The the, be, the best part about football is things change so fast because you lose a couple games, it feels like everything's fallen. And, and in fairness, you lose four straight games in the NFL. I, I don't care if you're the New York Giants or Belichick or the Niners. Like that is all. That's a month of losing. One month of losing. And when you factor in there was a buy involved, it's actually probably even a little more. That's a long time of just being a loser. And that's what Kyle is right now. Just a yeah, loser. you know, I, I think that a lot of, and we had this conversation a few weeks ago after Trey's debut against the Cardinals, right? Like, there's two conversations. Just it's it's what is it right now, and what could it be? And I think right now a lot of the conversations around Kyle are out of fear of it's going to yeah two and three is one thing, but then two and four, and then and then what? And then a, you said six and ten, but that's only sixteen games, John. Six wins is six yeah. and eleven. That'd be bad, right? And that's worse. And where's the where's the hope? And and this team has had expectations, so uh, you know I, I think that's where it comes from with Kyle. There's still time to salvage it, but it's going to take some. I think some one changes. main issue is you have two teams. You know now the Cardinals easily could be eight zero given that Devontae's not making the trip. The Rams play the Texans. Like you have two teams that are eight zero and seven and one in your own division. And really, Seattle's only two and five or whatever because Russell's finger. Like, if Russell plays last night, they win, right? I mean, the previous, like, they're winning. They beat Pittsburgh two weeks ago. Like, they would be fine. Now, I don't think they would be as good as even I envisioned them being, but the Niners would clearly be the worst worst team in this division. Even even a diehard Niner guy can agree with that. Like, we saw Seattle with Russell. They beat them. Like, it's just, (laughs) they're better. Yeah, Seattle's in a different boat. Like, I know Pete is beside himself and they've lost what are they one and three at home now this year something like that yeah it's not good. they're under 500 at home i saw pete's press conference and he was like I, I'm, I'm i'm at a loss like pete was flustered but at the end of the day they can go all right this sucks but russell Niners wilson's are one out and there in their last 10 home games yeah it's that's a crazy stat it's a disaster right like and their starting quarterback is playing russell is only out there when he's wearing his bose headphones Doing his pregame thing, yeah. Oh, and three minute invisible ghost. He is pretty into it. He's pretty into it though. He's like, do you think he has the line? 
crowd noise. Like, I would love to find out that Russell has crowd noise in those headphones. Wouldn't put it past him. Like, he got some recording of, like, some road playoff game. And give me New Orleans, Bob. I would I would not put it past him. <laughs> Gino and Jameis are terrible. That would impress me. Yeah, they're, they're both bad. But, um, you know, I think the – do you think if Trey – and we'll find out if Trey's healthy enough to play this week – like if he suits up and he's the backup quarterback, Kyle mixes him into the into the offense. Uh yeah. I don't know how much, but I I, I think Kyle. I mean, let's face it, he's kind of desperate at this point in time to get something going. They can't score points. Like he's got to find a way to score points. I think that's part of what people want to see is desperation, right? Like say what you want, and I'm not saying he should coach like the Lions, but Dan Campbell. I somebody saw somebody tweet this. I don't remember who, but it's what I was thinking watching the game. Is Dan Campbell coached that Rams game? I don't know how much you saw of it. Did that game open up with an onside kick? I don't know if it opened with an onside kick or if they did the onside kick after they had scored. But they went onside kick, fake punt. So it might have opened with an onside kick because they scored twice. The fake punt was sweet. So I like, but they coached that game like group of five team, power five team, nothing to lose. Now that it's hard because they are clearly worse than the Rams. Like the Niners, again, I think are better than the Bears. But, but I think people just want to. But to me, it's not about the levels of which you're playing. It's about, like, are, are, are you doing anything? Do you have any other pitches? And it feels like Kyle right now is running on fumes. It, it really does. It just feels like he's like he's at a loss. Like, Pete's at a loss because, listen, my defense fucking played great, but I had Geno Smith as my quarterback, so we lost. It sucked. Kyle's at a loss because it just feels like, what are you doing? Like, Ayuk, Baldy keeps tweeting these things out. Ayuk's wide open. What, what, what's going on here, Kyle? Well, what but is going I, on? But John, if Ayuk's open, then it's not Kyle's fault that he's not getting the football. It's the quarterback's fault. Ayuk, that well, means if Ayuk's open, it means he's on the field and he's open. But then, it, then it gets back to the moment. The moment Jimmy is, or the moment Trey's ready to go, you got to get Trey in there. Like it's no, not a soul wants to watch Jimmy ever take a snap again if yeah, you don't I, have to. I think the primary problem. I said this the other day. I'll say it again. The primary problem Kyle Shanahan has, has right now is Jimmy Garoppolo. Now part of that's on him. He because, chose it. Yes, uh, he that's part of it. And also, we shouldn't be shocked that we'll talk we'll you'll hear this in the we talked to Jake Hayner about this in our interview with him. You shouldn't be shocked when you send the message to the quarterback that you want to replace him. You try to replace him several times during one offseason, then you draft his replacement and then he doesn't play at his best. Like, yeah, I would love for every quarterback in that situation to just handle it like Alex Smith. But we always do this. Like, well, he could be Josh Allen. You've pointed that out. Well, you know, sitting worked a year for Pat Mahomes. Yeah, sitting has not worked a bunch of times for a bunch of other players. You know, my guess is, my guess is if Mahomes played right away, he still would have turned into Mahomes. And if you had sat him for three more years, he still would have turned into Mahomes. And most guys, like Jimmy, just be like Alex Smith. I've said that. Well, most guys aren't Alex Smith. Just most guys aren't. And who's a better player, Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo? Alex Smith, way better. So Alex Smith's a better player. He dealt with more adversity. I mean, healthier. So I, we shouldn't be shocked that Jimmy is not – say what you want about what his ceiling is, that he's not playing up to his fullest capabilities, if you think that. How could we be surprised? He's yeah, trying I mean, to replace I, him three times. And I'm pro replacing him. But we, you, can, you can say be a pro. It's a lot harder to, to do it than actually say, like, hey, okay, play your best football in this circumstance. I, I don't think there's even a conversation anymore. The evidence is in Jimmy's average at best. You know, probably you know below average at this point. Like it's uh, just yeah, the evidence. I, I'm the not evidence debating that. I don't. That's not yeah. the debate. The, my my point is, whatever his ceiling is, he's not. If you think he's not playing to it, we shouldn't be surprised that he's not. 
I know personally, like I'm just tired of even talking, thinking about Jimmy. I just want Jimmy to, like I think most people do, go away. And when I say, obviously this year he's not going to go anywhere, but just play the other guy. That's all anyone wants moving forward. The moment Trey can play, he's the starter. Now you don't have to verbalize. He's going to start every, just, just name him the starter. And then we'll just go from there. And I, I, I that what scares me, because I know the, I fucking know the way coaches are. I think we're farther away from that than people realize. And it's going to get, it could get uglier for Kyle with his equity with just the casual 49er guy in Northern California. And it turns out there are millions of them. They're one of the biggest brands in America. And I would say his approval rating, you know, you think Biden's is down. I would say Kyle's is fucking, oh my God. It feels like it's, it's at an all time low. Uh, I disagree. A little bit. Um, I don't think he's going to override Jimmy. I Now, the hard thing is it's hard to know because until Trey's healthy, I don't think he'll ever say Jimmy's only starting because Trey's not healthy. Right? Yeah, I'm not expecting you know, him to say things. No, 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 I no, no. I know. But my point together. is it's hard. Like, to me, there's a scenario where Trey Lance, whatever the whatever this knee issue is, sprain, is not, is not healthy. And if that's the case... Kyle is not going to say, nor should he, well, the only reason Jimmy is starting is because Trey's not healthy. Of course. So that's what could complicate it. But my point is, he is he is not happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. There's not a chance in hell he's happy with him. I don't think he's going to hold on to Jimmy too long. I hope. I, I yeah, agree I, with I you hope. he's not happy. I, 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 I agree hope. he's not happy. But I still think in this weird, the coaches are fucking nuts he still thinks Jimmy is way better, gives him a better chance to win Sunday non, uh, what'd they call that thing? Some weird... Uh, Act of God? A bo- no, a bomb cyclone or whatever that thing was called on Sunday. It had a weird Monsoon? name. Monsoon? No, no, no. It was like oh. it was called a bomb river or a bomb uh, cyclone. Uh, atmos- or atmospheric, um, wasn't it atmospheric something? No, no. Atmos- it had, it had like a... Spe- river? No, it had like a bomb river. It had a specific oh. name that was. I thought they crazy. called it an atmospheric river or something like that. It was, and I just think he said, beside that, like we could win with Jimmy. He believes that. I mean, we have the evidence. We saw. Like, I mean, I yeah, they can win. win with Jimmy, but they're not. Well, no, winning no, with Jimmy. we're we understand that he does not. I, I think. No, no. What we, I'm saying we is, they can. Rate, we I agree. They can. The way we overrate the way coaches are like uh, pragmatic about things in season. They're they're just not. Especially when things go wrong and they don't think straight. Atmosphere. I thought it was called like a. Maybe there was another name for it. Yeah. Um, Bomb cyclone. But see, I, I I think if they if they, yeah. See, the scenario that you're talking about is they beat the Bears, they lose to the they lose to the Cardinals, right? So then they're three and five it was going into the bomb the, cyclone. Bomb cyclone. Yeah, that's what hit us. Bomb, bomb cyclone. Monsoon. Bomb cyclone, atmospheric river. Those are the same thing or are those different things? Uh, I think they're different things, yeah. Warned of a bomb cyclone. <laughs> That's a way cooler name than atmospheric river. Way cooler. Um, so the scenario that you're afraid of, and I, I don't think you're, yeah, I mean, I think it's what everyone's afraid of. You beat the Bears, you're three and four. You play the Cardinals, you lose, you're three and five. But then you're playing the Rams. And it's like, I'm on Monday Night Football. Got to get back into this thing. 
Jimmy yeah, gives I, us a better chance to win today. I, I, right? I, 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 I'm telling you, guy, I'm just out on that Kyle mindset of like, gotta you know, like just no, no. I, e- I, and I think everyone's out on that. I'm just saying yeah. that's the scenario. I'm just painting the picture of what you're talking about here. That's what that schedule looks like. Why? So then you and lose guess- that game and you're three and six and you're going to play the Jags and then Trey Lance plays. It's like, well, cool. Well, it's too late now, right? That's well, how. That's they're how two and four. Out. Like it's like Kyle, you're done. Just do whatever you got to do to play this guy. But he would never think like that. Coaches don't. I, I coaches are not. I, I think we give coaches too much credit about like knowing what to do and the right thing to do. And when it comes to big picture stuff, they 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 are not big picture people. They're they're just not. It's why so many coaches in basketball and football have made historically poor GMs because they are obsessed yeah, I, with I think tomorrow. That's- I think that's correct, but I think people are overrating Kyle's desire to play Jimmy Garoppolo. But the problem, though, go, goes, guy, I would agree, but he doesn't, but his mindset is so short term oriented, he can't kind of remove himself from Jimmy to trade. Yeah, but Jimmy's not winning games. That's the thing. It's like once Jimmy stops doing what he, like, really stops doing what he's telling him to do, what he wants him to do. I know in a short-term mindset, he, it's it's too late. It's he's already. It, you could argue it's already ruined him this year. Would they have back. a better record if Trey Lance had started from week one? I mean, Trey could have been way better by the time they got to the Colts. I mean, they only have two wins. Yeah, that's right. Really, that's really what it's about. Is would he be ahead? Now, could he have lost a game to Philly? Of he course. Could have. Yeah, but could he have won one of the other games? But this could is the problem Seattle? of like. Well, are you a championship contender or are you rebuilding? Because when you're rebuilding, who cares that you're losing games, right? The, the Jags don't care that they're losing games. Trevor Lawrence is playing, right? Yeah, they made a miscalculation of their team. They absolutely did. And then they and then they got guys hurt. But, yeah, well, Raheem Mostert got hurt. Oh, shit. He's been hurt before. I know. Kittle got hurt. Damn it. But he's been hurt before. Ferret got hurt. Ugh. So where were the safety nets built into the guys that have been hurt before getting hurt again? You know, irony is Jimmy got hurt, but just not for long. Wasn't hurt for long. That's the irony of all the guys that got hurt again. He got hurt again, but he was back in a week. I know. Go uh, away, Jimmy. One of the great press conferences of all time, John. Incredible. Let's, I, I think people can hear this. Mike Tom, Carson Palmer went on Dan Patrick's show on Monday and said, yeah, you know, I think Mike Tomlin, like you find a guy who wants out of his situation and maybe he's tired of Ben Roethlisberger trying to replace Ben Roethlisberger. So they asked Mike Tomlin if he's a candidate for the USC coaching job. And um, here's what he said. Because I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Better line, there's not a booster with a big enough blank check, or I never say never, but never. (laughs) The booster line is pretty awesome. The booster line. I mean, what did Axe say? What's the point of having FU money if you never say FU? Like, yep. Tomlin is so rich. And I think one thing he's saying is, like, you just, like, I, I'm rich. So I don't give a shit about some booster's money. 
one, I'm an NFL guy. Now, again, I, I'm someone, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't eat this fucking rumor up, and I have mentioned his name before. I want to see it. He would be my number one candidate. Please bring him out here for my own selfish prerogative of consuming Pac-12 football. Mike Tomlin would be my number one choice without hesitation. So I, I can't claim to like get on my high horse and be like pounding the table. I loved it in the sense of like, I, I hope he's lying, uh, but it sure doesn't feel like he's lying. And you're right. Just, it's like, that's how you would deny it if you're going to deny it. But it, it was, it, it was pretty incredible. And in fairness, like it wasn't, you know, report, it was Carson Palmer saying this and I could see him. It's like, he has to answer it, you know, so, or someone's going to ask him the question the moment that happens. And I was thinking, like, did Carson, you know, he's a Bengal guy, but he hates the Bengals and Mike Brown. So trying to like trying to sow some some bad some bad stuff for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's doing that. But there there is no better feeling, I would say, in life, whatever the relative amount of money is, when you just when someone wants you and you just go get the fucking hang up on him, basically, is what he just did there. Don't even waste your time calling me. I mean, I, I, it was incredible. It was one of the great denials. I hope I don't know how the question was asked. I hope the person who asked it didn't say, you know, you know, Mike, there have been reports because that's one thing that pissed me off. I've been watching some media coverage of it today. It's like not pissed me off, but like there were reports like, no, there weren't reports. Carson Palmer, SC guy said it'd be cool if we could have Mike Tomlin. And then damn. No, 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 no. He said a mystery candidate is Mike Tomlin. Those were the words that came out of Carson's mouth. Yeah, but I thought watching it. Like he was not saying like Mike's interested. He was saying this is no, no, no. Yeah. Didn't he he say a mystery candidate? Yeah. But then he just said Mike Tomlin. He said, uh, there, you know, there might be a guy there who's a great, who has a great job. You could lord NFL guy who's trying to replace Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin. He said Mike Tomlin. Yeah. So, you know, but then Dan acted like he was breaking news. And then Carson acted like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I think that's the part when Carson's like, uh, was I not supposed to say that? You know, um, and I'm sure they've got a list of guys they want to talk to. But I think what Mike said, because I've seen a few couple of people say like, oh, this is a bad look for SC. First of all, everything Mike, Mike Tomlin, I think he's in an interesting spot because he's been there for 15 years. He's 49 years old. Is he going to coach another 15 years? Is he going to coach another 20 years? Is he going to coach them all in Pittsburgh? How could you leave Pittsburgh for another NFL job? Like you're not leaving Pittsburgh to coach the Texans. What's what you're he said. I, I have one of the best jobs in I know. sport. So it's one of two things. Either he's going to just keep the same job for 30 years, which nobody does, or he'll leave it. And I don't think it makes any sense to leave it for another NFL job because he has one of the best NFL jobs, period. So I could see, like, you made the point to me the other day. Well, I mean, if he wants to change a place, blah, 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 blah. I think what that is, to me, the heart of what he said was at the end of what he said. Nobody's asking Sean Payton and nobody's asking Andy Reid. Now, I would say to Mike, yeah, no one's, if Carson Wentz had said Sean Payton's name, they would have asked Sean Payton. But I think that's the heart of what he said. It's not about SC. It's not about an SC rumor. I think he's been waiting for a chance to say, why the fuck don't I get the same respect that Andy Reid and Sean Payton get? I've won a championship. I've been here 15 years. I never lose. I never have losing seasons. And you guys don't talk about me the way you talk about Sean Payton and the way you talk about Andy Reid. Now, why is that? Because I don't call plays? What is it? You I didn't think lose it was at home a- last year to the Browns in the playoffs. Super Bowl came year two, right? But I think yeah. it was his chance to say, 
Here are the best coach. Let me tell you the best coaches in the NFL. Bill Belichick. Then it's Sean Payton, Andy Reid, and me, Mike Tomlin, and Pete Carroll. Those are the guys. And maybe he doesn't feel that way about Pete. I don't know. I think he's been dying to say that. And he said it. He They gave him a window to say it. Because why would he be that pissed about? Like, I think that's what it's about. I, I, I think he's pissed because anytime that you have, you know, a, an incredible situation. This he became he's a star head coach at easily the most stable organization, I would say, in all of sports. And I'd say one of the most stable organizations. I bet if we really did some like nitpicking of like Fortune 500 companies, I bet they're running through executives more often than like the Steelers are. I mean, yeah. How long have those two guys been there? And it's like, I, I have to answer this question. You, you asked me, he's got a huge game this week coming off a of bye. His team, you know, is by no means dead, even though I think a lot of us wrote him off. And, like, you guys think, part of it, you think I'm going to go to fucking college? Like, that? you think I'm going to go to college? Me. So it, it might not even have anything to do with SC, but just the notion that I, I have to leave the Steelers to go to college? To go to college. Like, do you know what he wants to say? Even if I'm not going to last 20 years here, right? Just because I, lo- I just looked up Chuck Knoll. He was a head coach of the Steelers. 69 to 91. So 22, 22 years. How many Super now, Bowls? Four, five? Uh, Four-time Super Bowl champ. Now, granted, he didn't win once he won his last one in the 80s, or I mean in the 70s, he 70s. didn't win again in the 80s. Yeah. And wouldn't you say that, like, being a head coach for a long time in the 70s and 80s, the, it's just a little different now in 2000, the 2010s and now in the 2020s. What Mike Tomlin is doing is incredible. What Bill Belichick is doing is incredible, but you have to win at a high clip. But I think part of it is less about specifically SC because it could have been Ohio State or LSU. Yeah, I don't. And more I like agree. you wait. You, are, does everyone? Does anyone think that I wouldn't get it? However many fucking coaches get fired this offseason, guess who'd be their number one fucking candidate if the Roonies, who I love, were to fire my ass? Me, me. <laughs> you know, it, me. And, and you're right. I, I think it was more. He does get disrespected a little bit. I'm probably guilty of it, too, because he's like, what does he do? And I love him. I mean, I, I would want to hang out with him. But I, he does, he is right. He is not treated like those other two guys he's listed. Yeah, absolutely. He's right. Now, again, those guys would get asked the question if Carson Palmer had said. You're right, though, but it wasn't about that. It was more that, like, give me my goddamn respect. <laughs> you know? The other thing is, it's not, it's not, none of it's about him. It's also about Ben. Like, no one thinks, and no one would, like, Andy, why would Andy, huh? It's like, well, I don't know, Tom, Mike, sorry, I just, I thought Ben's kind of been a pain in your ass. If he's, if you're cool, then it's all Someone good. should have been like, hey, Mike, yeah, Andy ain't leaving Mahomes, but did you see last night Sean Payton with James? Maybe he would bolt. Yeah, maybe now's the time for Sean. So, I don't know, it's a fantastic press conference by him. I, 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 and listen, it's, I, I saw some people like, why do we always go through this? And we did it forever with Gruden, the Gruden rumors. But this yeah. specifically, I mean, a high-level guy said it to Dan Patrick. It was not just one of those internet rumors. That, uh, Carson Palmer said it, or else it would not have been said. Besides yeah. Carson, me, he who was who, definitely talking to the athletics director and other boosters. He claimed he's involved with the process. So I, there have been historically some cra- – I mean, Condoleezza Rice with, with Ursay the other day, like those type rumors that have happened that are just – and, and listen, it's fun, the college football cycle. And I guess Condi was an NFL cycle with the Browns. But this one, in fairness to the whole like speculation, there was a tangible yes. thing that happened. It was said. The, the speculation is not unfair at all. 
then Mike Tomlin would leave the Steelers to go to USC. Or no, no, I'm just saying people- once Carson Palmer says it, then that's the story. Carson Palmer said USC would want you. Mike, would you be interested? Like because would Kyle Shanahan would Kyle Shanahan be interested? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. But if Carson said his name, Kyle would get asked about it. If he was interested, would you say USC should hire him if he wanted out? If Kyle Shanahan got fired by the 49ers, should SC consider him? Yes. Or or just like said, I'm they're gonna let him out of his contract. He can go wherever he wants or do and Yeah, that'd be that a good hire. Hood. Yes. You would take Kyle Shanahan over James Franklin? Ooh. I mean, James never been to the national championship game. No. But he knows college football. Yeah. Kyle wanna recruit. Jamie Sexton. Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. It's interesting. That'd be that's a good one, John. I, I, Kyle doesn't feel college. Mike does. No, he doesn't. Mike does. And it's but he was a college receiver. But forever, like Herm Edwards, a lot of people talked about Herm Edwards, like he would do it. It's why once he got the job, it was crazy because it came out of nowhere. But once you thought about it, you're like, well, he is going to be able to sit down in these homes with a parent and sell people. And he's done a good job recruiting, right? I mean, it just, it made sense. Tomlin feels like the infinitely on steroids version, way better coach version of Herm. I like Herm, but like there's not a college or an NFL team that would take Herm over Tomlin because Tomlin was made to kind of do both. Kind of like Pete. They, they just, that's like, when you look at Kyle, like, no, no fucking Belichick, no way, right? There are certain coaches that even, even like Andy, like, I don't know, he just wouldn't, he couldn't do the BS fluff 24-7. We're like, I think Tomlin could, you know, McVay. If I told you McVay, you're like, yeah, he would crush it in college, right? If I just put McVay at Michigan, or I put McVay at USC, you're like, yeah, he'd be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, part of it too, you had me thinking this the other day. You're like, you know, Tomlin just, Tomlin just wants to, maybe wants to impact lives differently than than he can in the NFL. You know, you can easily concoct the scenario. Well, hasn't her, that's why Herm made sense because he was always talking about that. But at, at Comlin's core, do you know what he likes doing? Winning football games on Sundays at the highest be the, level. Being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is pretty cool also, John. Yeah. He makes a ton of money. It's pretty cool. But he did, like, the, the rant about the boosters is an incredible line. It's an incredible line. It's a great line. But it's like, Mike, no one's acting like you don't make a lot of money or they can buy you or whatever. They were just saying that the interest, maybe you're done. It wasn't about money. We, you're rich. Well, we know it. You're rich. You know? Also, mo- there aren't a lot of people in his spot. Like, Sean Payton is one. And we've seen it. Like, being in one place 15, 20 years, it's just sometimes things change. But the question has to be asked because if the question's not asked and then he gets the job, it's like, whoa, we missed this story because we were afraid to ask him? Okay, let's take those three guys. Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, Andy Reid. Do any of them coach at another place before their career ends? Uh, Sean Payton's 57, Andy, I think 61. I'd say Andy, no. No chance. Sean, it feels like no to me as well because he's kind of had, they had the moment to leave, right? Where we thought there was going to be a breakup and they didn't. And they gave him um, a ton of money and he's the man there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see why he would. But you would say he would be more like, like Andy's definite no. He would be a no, but it's not the craziest thing you've ever seen, right? Right. I mean, you just bet on you, if if the odds are a coach is going to stay somewhere forever or eventually leave, then you bet on eventually leave. Yeah. But again, part of it's like, what this isn't the NFL is not college. So if an NFL coach doesn't, if an NFL coach doesn't want to go to college, and they're in control of their situation, there's no reason to 
you're not going to go for because, oh, this school is in a better conference and they can pay me more money, right? Like, who is Sean Payton going to coach? The Patriots? He has a falling out. Bill retires. McDaniels leaves. Robert Kraft tells him, I'll pay you $17 million a year to come coach the Patriots. Okay. But, I mean, these. what's more likely is that he's got a great situation. Well, the other thing, Sean Payton, like if Andy Reid's just going to retire whenever he's done with Mahomes, Sean Payton and definitely Mike Tomlin, both those two guys, if they ever became available, obviously every team with an opening would offer them. Look what happened to Rivera. Like immediately, football teams, like it's your job. Those guys are obviously highly thought of than him. There would be teams with coaches that would think like, should we fire our guy to hire him? Right? Like the Seattle Seahawks should be like, you know, Pete 70, you got to go. We're just going to bring in Sean Payton to get with Russell and they'll be buddies. Right? It'd yeah. be, there'd be teams like that that would be willing to do it. Right. If he becomes available, if he were available, SC would not. They, they I mean, wouldn't NFL be teams to, would be firing their coaches for him. Yeah. The New York Giants would call immediately. Hell, the New York Jets, like, should we just fire everybody and go hire Sean Payton or Mike Tomlin? Because I'd be like, yeah, I'd think about it. <laughs> I like Robert Sala as much as the next guy, but bye-bye, Robert. <laughs> right? If Mike Tomlin was available, Aaron Rodgers would call Mike and go, Mike, let's do a package deal. Where can we go together? If if you and I ran the Jets and we just hired Sala, his entire crew, we also had Joe Douglas, and I said Mike Tomlin is available, could we justify firing everybody and just Absolutely, hiring Mike Tomlin? Absolutely, you could. Yeah. <laughs> Without hesitation. And if you I were the Giants, I think the Jets and Giants would have a bidding war over Mike Tomlin. Or Sean Payton, if they became available. I mean, Hell, what if Andy Reid became available? Don't you think he'd get the same treatment? Like, what if Andy Reid was just available? Uh, yeah, no, yes. I just started to think, like, could would Mark Davis be able to win any of those battles? Because his, his job is attractive in terms of his quarterback – Right. And like full well, he's franchise. He's proven power. that he will pay someone 10 years, $100 million. That's true. I guess it depends on whether John gets his, Gruden gets his money or not, which he's not, right? He didn't get fired. So, yeah. The last I saw, Florio wrote like last week that it's, it's unclear. Like there haven't been reports that he's suing him, that he was just cool with going. But he basically, like, when does that ever happen? Wait, you owe me 60 million. I'm just good. I'll see you later. <laughs> I know. John, before we go on, let's tell, before we, uh, for the podcast, before we listen to our conversation with Jake Hayner, Fresno State quarterback, let's tell the people about Puesto. If you ate Puesto at the Niner game, maybe on Sunday night was probably the best part of the day. Uh, Puesto, John. Puesto, Puesto, Puesto. This is this is Mexican artisanal kitchen and bar deliciousness. Great drinks. Fantastic food. Go get yourself a taco. I recommend the filet mignon. If you're going to go, there's one in Concord. There's one in Santa Clara. If uh, next Niner game you're at, section 110 and 129, you can go get yourself a taco. Margaritas are fantastic. The bar is massive. Uh, place is sweet. It, it really is. The homemade tacos, everything is fresh. I mean, look at the the uh, the, uh, the size of their restaurant in Concord and the picture of that. And so oh. they're huge. I mean, I, like- it's just so much room. It was a great place to hang. I mean, we enjoyed hanging there. We took our guy Devin from Tito's, and uh, Eric Adler and Alex Adler took care of us at Puesto, and it, it was fantastic. They founded it in La Jolla back in 2012, a first-generation Mexican-American family. And like John said, they make the tortillas in-house daily from scratch. Um, it is – they are delicious. I actually really like the quesadilla taco, which when I first got it, I'm like, is this two tortillas? But no – 
it's a tortilla and and inside the tortilla around the meat the meat of the taco is oh, yeah. a layer of of like crisp, really crispy cheese that looks like it's a tortilla shape um it is fantastic that's the braised short rib taco so the shrimp taco very popular like john said uh the uh, uh the filet mignon taco the oh. baja fish taco the perfect guacamole i like because that's the it's got the um, parmigiano reggiano in it just chunks of it in it and um, now they're brewing their own Mexican lagers. They've got over 500 tequilas and spirits. It's phenomenal. So two Northern California, kind of two barrier locations, a bunch in SoCal, and two sections at Levi Stadium. Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Tell your friends about it. Go try it. Everyone that's been uh, sending us Instagram videos or pictures or tweets, everyone loves it. Because the moment you bite into that taco, you're like, damn, these are bomb. And they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. And like I said, good, great place to hang. They got good outdoor seating, ton of space indoor, at least the Concord location. Um, so go check them out. Uh, podcast is also brought to you by The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. If you're into sports betting, you know how quickly the lines can change. So do we, hourly. And when you've got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before you place your bets, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM for the best analysis and information. Well, you're looking at two guys that knows what it takes to uh, start a show. Chemistry, uh, good takes, fun. Mm. Uh, so check out the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, BetMGM experts. Uh, you always got a fresh take on the action. Yeah. I mean, uh, chemistry, fun, good information. That's what Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger are about. They break down the big takeaways. It's fun to bet on the game. It's more fun when you've got the inside scoop. So ready to bet with an edge? Tune into the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Middlecoff, we are fired up for our guest. Yes, we are. Future NFL quarterback. You know, oh, yeah. getting some Heisman buzz and leader of a team that's about to be six and two when they go down to uh, the San Diego State Aztecs. I guess it's in uh, Los Angeles at the Home Depot Center and kick their Carson. ass. Yeah. Carson, Jake Hayner, baby. Yeah, there's so much. Uh, he became a huge story at the beginning of the year. The Bulldogs, we always watch him, but it was clear very early. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, 100%. All right, here we go. Our conversation with Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner. Third in the nation passing. The the nation, like the interview requests, were pouring in probably five weeks ago. Yeah, it was wild. Got his own day. They gave him a day in Fresno, right? I, I was told by former Fresno State Proclamation. football alumni and players that after he beat UCLA, he's like, he's bigger than Michael Jordan in the town. And as we know, <laughs> Michael Jordan spent some time in Fresno. You know, he used to come through in the 80s. That's a big deal. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Talk about a crazy week. It's just uh, just having the opportunity to play here and and play with the group of guys that we got here at Fresno State has been a blessing for me. And just going off of everything that I went through, it's it's kind of crazy to see it all turn out like this and continue to uh, go on the Drake or the the great track we got right now and just keep getting more wins, man. Well, you're talking to two guys that grew up in Davis, California, and in Davis, yeah. California, the athletic community. I was watching uh, the Oregon State game, and, and Ali Odi was on the sideline. I had forgot he coached, you know, obviously at Oregon, but he's a UC Davis guy, and he's boys, you know, you know Ali Odi, 
Chris Peterson, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're very intellectual. And you're talking two Fresno State guys, so the Boise State Chris Peterson, I mean, this guy was like Nick Saban of non-Power yeah. 5 at the time. And when he recruits you to me, it's cool to see you at Fresno State, but you remind me uh, of a Boise guy in their heyday. You know, your skill set's different, but Kellen Moore, who I think his brother's you know, the wide receiver coach on your staff, I don't, yeah. you know, you were younger, but Kellen's one of the best college football players I've ever seen. And I, you know, Chris Peterson, if he signs off on you at quarterback to me, that, that says a lot. Yeah, no, um, growing up watching Kellen Moore was obviously one of, he was a big hero for me growing up. I loved watching the guy. He was awesome. Just seeing the way he, he dissected defenses and obviously talking to Kirby now and having him on our staff, just talking about the way he prepared and the way they see the game is, is really cool, but just being able to play under coach Pete was, was a, was an honor and still to have a really good relationship with him now and still talk to him, you know, every once in a while is, is cool for me to have and is obviously a great outlet for me. Um, you know, just to pick his brain on certain things and to just keep up to date with, you know, our relationship in life in general, because he, he's one of the guys that really cares. I think he really generally cares about a lot of his former players and, and everything outside of football. So you think he's coming back? Just loves it too much? I don't think so. I think he no. loves I think he, I, I it would be cool to see him come back, but the dude's enjoying life right now, it sounds like after I talked to him. Um I talked to him a week after the UCLA game. He let stuff die down a little bit and gave me a call and we talked for like twenty minutes and he's just enjoying what he's doing right now. Doing the the Fox gig is cool for him and being able to see his kids and being around his wife and I think he's just enjoying being himself and not having that added stress of being a college coach um, is something that he kind of enjoys right now. You know, it's funny, me and Guy were talking before we hopped on that you go to your rivals page, and I was expecting, because you went to Washington out of high school, I was expecting to see, you know, all these Pac-12 big programs, but it was just kind of Washington and then a bunch of other randoms. I've never seen a rivals page like this. <laughs> how, it was wild, man. How did you get explain, explain to me your high school career to your recruitment, how, how this happens. Hold on, just for people that are listening to this and not seeing it, the offers are UW, just, you know, they just gone to the college football playoff, Akron, Eastern Washington, Florida Atlantic, Hawaii, Middle Tennessee, Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Toledo. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there's ever been a rival's offer page like that. <laughs> no, it was, it was kind of, it, yeah, it was all over the place. Um, when Washington called, I literally committed on the same phone call. It was when did they, when did they call like your senior so, year? Uh, no, it was my junior year. I still committed really early. Um, I committed a, basically a full year almost before signing day, like 10 months or something before signing day and was still in my end of my junior year. Um, it was just right when the elite 11 happened, that's when my recruitment really started to take off. Um, I got invited to the, uh, elite 11 finals, got a bunch of big recognition from that. A lot of people were like, Oh yeah, this kid's undersized, but he can spin it. And, and we want to look at him. And the funny thing with UW, my mom always wanted me to go there, obviously, but they started recruiting me when I was a freshman. And uh, I went to Laney Junior College, threw in front of Coach Pete, Jonathan Smith, the former offensive coordinator. And they're like, hey, man, how old are you, a junior or whatever? And I was like, no, I'm a freshman. They're like, oh, wow. All right. So they talked to me for about a year, year and a half. And then they go dark. I didn't hear anything, nothing. I didn't talk to him for a year. Then I just all of a sudden get invited to the Elite 11. Coach Tedford was at the Elite 11 
that day happens to be a consultant a week after at UW and said, Hey, you guys might want to shoot this kid a text again. They shoot me a text. I end up committing on the spot and then it just kind of happened from there. Um, but the thing is, after I did commit, I, I got, a, you know, a couple other calls from UCLA, Colorado, those schools. I said, what's your interest on, you know, maybe flipping? And I said, I'm going to Washington. So if they hadn't called, like, what was your plan? Were you going to go to one of these small schools at Fresno offered? Fresno didn't even offer. Uh, they said I was too, too short. Um, a lot of the schools said I was too small. And I remember, I'll always remember this uh, because I had a lot of guys that, uh, Nate Lamon, really good friend of mine who's a Colorado middle linebacker, uh, and Eric Cromenhoek, who's a tight end at SC right now. They were big-time guys. They had a bunch of Pac-12, SEC, ACC offers. Um, Pittsburgh, San Jose State, Arkansas all watched me throw to Eric, and I was spinning it. And they said, man, if you were 6'2", we wouldn't even be standing here right now. And I was like, oh, well, I'm 5'11", sorry. And they said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said oh yeah sorry and they walked away offered eric didn't even talk to me after that and uh it's just things like that i've had to go through and kind of overcome um ever since i was a you know freshman sophomore in high school but your, your elite 11 tua was there like it's not like yeah. tua you were probably taller than Tua. i'm, at the taller, I'm, I'm taller than tua yeah Tua's right at six foot i'm just oh i'm just over six foot probably six and a half um Two is two twenty though. I'm about two hundred, so yeah, I got to put on a few pounds when, uh, whenever I decide to go on to the next level. But uh, it's overrated at this point. A lot of the guys that are succeeding right now at the next level are five ten, five eleven, six foot, six one, and I don't think an extra inch at six three, six four is going to really do much for you because the guy standing in front of you is six five, six six. So when you were at the Elite 11, that's Dilfer's thing, right? And Yogi and those guys. So you're there, yeah. two is there. Like I would imagine there are several other quarterbacks that are either now in the NFL or playing high level, or was it kind of? Fromm was there. Mon was there. Who else was there? Um, Tua. Dylan McCaffrey. Dylan McCaffrey. Um, Davis Jack Mills. Sears. Oh. Yep. Davis Mills, Jack Sears. Uh, there's some guys I'm leaving out that definitely got drafted high. I mean, that, uh, Mac Jones was my partner. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, all those You guys. and Mac? Me and Mac were doing the seven on seven together. Last day. Pretty well, you fun. throw the ball, you throw the ball better than Mac and he was going to Alabama, right? Hey, man, hey, I, Mac's a great I'm player. Not, I'm not hating on Mac. I'm just saying I from an arm strength standpoint. Yeah, I mean, people knock my arm. I don't know why they knock my arm, but I think I got a better than average arm and, uh, I, I mean, know. you were I, that UCLA game. You were throwing bullets without really like you couldn't turning. thin it. Yeah, you couldn't turn. You could. You had no torque. Yeah, would you I, have like a yeah. deep? Would you bruise your hip? What was going on? I had a uh, deep thigh contusion. I had an oblique strain, so I couldn't even rotate. Uh, it was probably one of the the most painful things I've actually had to go through in a game. And they were like checking me for internal bleeding after the game and everything like that. And it's hard to watch. Yeah, I, I didn't because right there on that touchdown on the third and goal, I hadn't thrown yet because I got hit right before and I didn't know that it was going to hurt to rotate. And I did. And I was like, holy, that oh, that doesn't. Right. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it was. Had you see at UCLA, they had just beat LSU, right? Yeah. So they had beat LSU. They're coming off a bye. They're coming bye, off, like, a bye. off a bye. 
you guys, I think Fresno had beat them before that game three straight times. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's not like yeah. they were going to sleep on you. No. And, you know, you go to that game, you were down late and you had multiple we drives big. to pull we ahead. Up you were big. big. We were up big. And the only thing we were talking about is like, because we just didn't want to end up being like Oregon again because we felt like we totally let that game slip away from us. Thought we played really well. And then the turnover bug kind of just got to us. And uh, we ended up blowing that game. And then turnovers again in the second half at UCLA, we find ourselves in the same situation. So just just crazy. I mean, that I mean that moment for you obviously was huge. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet the next day had you ranked number one player of the weekend. I mean, it was just a big deal for the program, yourself. The moment yeah. of you land there, it looks like you're dead. Uh, as Pat Hill says, you need to get up a little faster. But uh, <laughs> he made, I, made, I made it a little dramatic, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, you were in pain. You were in pain. I mean, I definitely was. Yeah, no, that was, um, like I said, uh, the most amount of pain I've ever been in trying to throw football uh, on the football field, and even with the uh, adrenaline and all that going through my veins, I, I it was still after every throw. I was like, dude, this sucks. But did you feel afterwards like? Like John and I, it's funny. We're talking about Derek Carr yesterday and just how like Derek has always for a guy who, you know, was from Bakersfield and went to Fresno State and has always had this dream of being a franchise quarterback and has now fulfilled that dream. Like he's always been a guy, it seems like, who plays from like positivity, like love, like he wants to have fun, like it's really fun for him. Yeah you've had things work against you, right? Like you've been overlooked. You don't feel when I watch you tell me if I'm wrong, like it doesn't feel like your motivation comes from, I'm sure you have some chip, but it feels mm. like it's more like you liking to compete than it is you trying to prove people wrong. But I, I don't know. Like, where does that, yeah. that come from for you? I, I just love playing the game. I love competing. And honestly, there's been so many people, so many doubters throughout my career that said, I've never get to this point. And, um, it's obviously cool to prove those people wrong and you want to do it. Um, but I, at, at this point I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for myself and just continuing to prove myself. Right. I know it sounds cliche and everything, but it's like, you know, you can play at a really high level, you know, you can do it and you believe in yourself. Got to keep slinging it, man. And, no, see, and that's, a gr- that's a great way to live, to be motivated yeah. by like belief. Yeah. I mean, you, you, there's going to be people who don't believe in you. If you stop believing in yourself, you're never going to, you're never going to amount to anything. My dad always told me that if you stop believing in yourself, it's over for you, buddy. Um, so I've, you know, stayed believing in myself and just continue to, to prepare and, and grind and, and do all that. And the thing is I, I really enjoy preparing and I, and I love the, the professional aspect of it. Um, going in, in the stadium, staying late and, and just preparing and knowing that a lot of other people aren't doing what I'm doing. So just being fortunate to be in the position that I am playing with the guys that I'm playing with right now and living in, you know, living in the moment. Well, I was thinking about this once I realized you were coming on is like, I, I would say a decade ago and then always previously transferring was kind of weird. You know, it was usually a red flag on a kid. And then, you know, think about some of the quarterbacks right now, Kyler Murray transfer, Baker Mayfield transfer, Joe Burrow transfer, Justin yeah. Fields transfer, like all these guys transferred. Uh, I think a lot of people listening, it's becoming such an invoke to transfer portal. Can you explain you don't win the job, Jacob Eason, who an NFL player too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just that decision, how you end up at Fresno State, just that that whole process. Yeah, it, it was definitely a tough situation. Um, 
And, and Jacob had transferred before they had even seen me play anything. Like I hadn't even gone through a spring yet. I hadn't done anything. Um, and it was kind of just like, yeah, we're bringing this kid in. And, and honestly, being one of the biggest recruits that Washington has ever brought in, I feel like it was kind of just a set in stone thing. And I have no problem with that. I mean, you bring a kid in who's a five star, the fans love and is obviously a really good player. You want to play him. You don't want to play some six foot slappy from California that just comes in on, you know, a filler scholarship. I mean, who, who wants to see that? I, I'm being realistic. Um, it's college football. And those fans wanted to see him play. And um, and it was fine. I, I, but, the, I but that's not really Chris Peterson's. I, I know it's Boise's not Washington, but that's not really his history. You know, it's it, it's not. And. I had felt like I had definitely done more than enough to earn the starting spot at that point in time with my teammates and, um, and everything else. But, uh, moving on was the best thing for me. I didn't want to do it at that point in time. Uh, I wanted to stay there and continue to slug it out. Cause I knew that I could eventually be the starter that year. I, I truly believe that. Uh, and they were telling me that, you know, this could change in a week. This could change in two weeks. Uh, you're both going to play in the first game. We're going to see how it goes, but Jacob's going to start. And I was just like, you know, I don't think that's how it should be. I get it. You guys got to make your decision, but I'm going to make mine as well. And uh, my dad's like, son, I'm going to be a dad here. You need to get out of get out of that situation. Um, you can listen to me. You don't have, you know, you can do what you want. But, um, you know, my dad being the guy he is, he doesn't really like to step in. He likes me to make my own decision uh, and, and be a man about it. But I knew deep down that that guy has seen a lot in his life. And I had to trust him on this one. And uh, I just went with it and, and didn't look back. So how did what, it go to Fre- – how what it led to Fresno? Like how that – what was that connection? Yeah, so obviously I'd known Jeff. Uh, my dad has known Jeff for probably 15 years now. Um, they have a really good relationship. And I wanted to kind of wait and see what other offers I was going to get because – Believe it or not, obviously, I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of kids out there that get infatuated with the Power Five thing. Um, I wanted to see what other Power Five schools were going to kind of, you know, come and look at me and see if there's other opportunities um, in that realm. And uh, my dad's like, why are you even wasting your time? You're going to Fresno State. And I was like, really? He's like, you're going to Fresno State. And I was like, okay. And I waited about a week. I waited about a week or so. He's like, you're an idiot if you don't go play for Jeff. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So I just said, you know what? I'm shutting it all down. I'm committing. I called Jeff. I said, let's do it. Uh, about a week later, I moved my stuff down to Fresno and I got an apartment and I was just waiting to get enrolled. Man, Fresno's had an incredible history of relationship quarterbacks, right? Like yeah. Sweeney, mm-hmm. Derek, obviously. You. Yeah. I'm sure there's it, other guys, but it, it, I don't know what Trent's relationship was. Yeah, it, it just how it played out. Um, just coming into a situation where I knew it was an offense that fitted me and, and was good for my skill set. And, uh, you know, at the time, coming to play for a coach that I knew I had a good relationship with and had produced talent and had developed quarterbacks, that was the big thing for me. I wanted to go somewhere with uh, a coach that developed quarterbacks and, and had a really good track record at producing uh, talent to the next level. So a lot of people said when I transferred, I was just trying to get on the field and I knew I wasn't going to have an NFL future and, and none of that was possible, but I, I definitely wanted to try to, you know, develop and get myself better to try to have an opportunity to, 
get to where I wanted to get to. So, so when you transfer to Fresno State from Washington, do they, you know, I know you have a family relationship, but is there like a promise? Like, you know, it happens in basketball. I mean, it happens in football too. Like you're going to be the starter or was it just one of those come here? You got a very good chance. How, how'd that work? Yeah, no, um, there was none of that. I, and I didn't want that because being promised something, it's just, that's not how it should be. Uh, going into it, I knew I was going to have to compete. Jeff said it was going to be a really good opportunity for me. Um, and that he loved the skill set that I had and 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 knew that I could come in and, and be an impact guy. So he said, hey, you're going to have to earn everything you get here, but I definitely think it's a great opportunity for you. Um, I think you're going to love the guys, and I think you're going to love Fresno. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll count on myself and uh, come in, compete, earn the respect from everybody, work your tail off, and go from there. You're hitting it, it seems like, maybe at a perfect time, right? Like there was a time when any – quarterback who wasn't six three mm-hmm. or six two and a half and john would know better john was a scout like the conversation was like well uh, russell wilson's the exception that's it yeah and now i mean it's russell's not the exception anymore right i'm i i was watching the cardinal game the other day and they were talking about for kyler i think it might have been sanchez doing the game for mm-hmm. kyler just how television doesn't show what it's like to be a quarterback who can't see over six five six six offensive linemen and uh, I don't know, is that, a, is that, is explain to us, like, is that a challenge that you deal with? Is it easy for you to work around it? What, what is that like? Yeah. Um, the one thing that I've gotten from it, you, and the privilege that I have is being able to watch tape on some of the best guys to do it. Drew, uh, Russell, you know, Kyler, all those guys, Baker, they do a great job of finding throwing lanes. And I think for me being in the, you know, being in the shotgun and being in the pistol, um, you're five yards back already. You know, you're, you're seeing everything. You got everything in front of you. Um, but I definitely think that there's an art to finding throwing lanes, having different arm platforms, moving your feet to, uh, to try to, you know, find the throwing lane. Um, and that's why those guys are so good. You see him, you see Kyler manipulating people, manipulating defenders with his arm angle. Um, Drew did a really good job of moving his feet in the pocket to find throwing lanes. Russell does a little bit of both. So it comes down to, you know, how you want to find those throwing lanes, how you want to manipulate defenders and and try to find the best platform to get the ball out. Uh, there's definitely times where I'm standing back there and you got a huge dude in front of you and you got to move, you know, try to find a lane. Um, but I feel like that happens with everybody. If you got a huge dude in front of you, you're not going to be able to just stand there and throw it over him unless you're 6'6". Six, six. Um, so that's kind of how I've done it. I, I haven't really had a ton of hard times being able to find people downfield. Um, there's just some situations where people get in your way and you got to move your feet and find throwing lanes. Well, one thing, you know, when I was at Fresno, right when I left to go to the Eagles, Devonte came in and Derek was already there. And obviously those two guys, and anytime you have a wide receiver, that's, you know, an NFL guy, you know, and, and you know, you see these scouts at practice. I mean, they're coming there, they're coming there for a reason. And you have a wide receiver, this cropper kid. I mean, he fucking looks like an NFL player to me. So, I mean, they, they are watching this combination and I think both Derek and Devonte benefited. I mean, it was, it's a little different. You're smaller than Derek, but you know, I mean, do you, I mean, I'm sure you see some of these guys around the facility. Are they talking to you? Uh, what's what? I, technically, you have another year of eligibility, right? If you wanted to come back, where yeah. were you at with that whole thing? Um, you know, it's it's really tough uh, to. I don't know. You, you want to look at it. You want to pay attention, and you're obviously interested because it's it's been something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. Um, but you are kind of 
or at the latter half of the season and, and it's time to get kind of down to, you know, making a decision in the next month and a half, two months. Um, so I've talked about it with my family and have, uh, you know, had some resources to kind of tell me where I'm at with everything. And I'd really only leave if, you know, I was probably a day two guy and I don't even know right now if that's possible. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but, um, you just try to keep playing at a high level and, and, and control what you can control. And there's going to be things for me, unfortunately, that are outside of my control, uh, like my height that probably is going to get knocked pretty hard, um, at certain areas with certain teams. So I just try to do everything I can to produce at a high level and, and keep getting wins. So I haven't looked too far into the future. There's some things that I'm hearing, um, invite wise from bowl games that I might get uh, senior bowl stuff, shrine bowl stuff that, you know, could potentially help, um, you know, open some eyes from scouts that get to see you in person and, you know, around, you know, a lot of different NFL teams. So, and compare you to the guys that are trying to go out right now. Um, but you definitely got to look at the guys in the class and see how the rest of the class stacks up against you. So it's definitely interesting. I, I mean, John and I talk about this all the time. If Derek was coming out now, he would have been a first rounder. I mean, no question about yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know, he threw 50 touchdowns his last year. He came back yeah. after a year, he threw 37. I mean, you're you're sixth in the nation in touchdowns. You're third in the nation in yards. Manning watch list, all the stuff I rattled off before. The production's definitely there. Have you? I know yeah. Derek gives out his number to every Fresno State quarterback, right? Does that like even does the walk on like fifth stringer get Derek's number, or does he only give it? How does that I, like this? Uh, I, I, I've only talked. I don't know. I don't think the other guys have yet, but I'm sure when they get that opportunity to play, um, Derek will definitely reach out to him. And honestly, it's definitely something I probably need to reach out to Derek about because I'm sure he'll have a pretty good answer for me. And he'll probably tell me right now to just focus on beating San Diego State on Saturday. Um, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely probably reach out to him and see what his thoughts are. And I actually reached out to Jake Browning today. Um still a good friend of mine and somebody I trust uh, and just asked him about the whole draft process. I know he went undrafted, but when he was a sophomore, he was looked at as a first, second round pick um, after that CFP season. Um, he was right there, ended up staying two years and then goes undrafted. So part of it's like, do you go while you're hot or do you stay and kind of wait around to prove? I mean, what do you prove if you're like a guy like me, I'm not going to get any taller, um, you know, I'm going to get stronger and bigger and do that kind of stuff. But I, I do, I do think timing's on your side, not necessarily whether it's this year or next year, but just the height yeah. thing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think a good comp for you, Gardner Minshew is a guy that when he went to Washington state and threw up all those numbers, I mean, he got ended up getting drafted in the sixth round, you know, yeah. where five, 10 years ago, no chance a guy of that size, obviously the top guys getting drafted in the first round. I mean, if you produce and clearly your football intelligence and football character speak for itself, like you got a chance to get drafted for sure. I mean, whether it's this year or next year, it's got to be based on, you know, Cropper's draft eligible, right? He could leave. He's pretty yeah, good. He is pretty good. Um, who knows, man? I mean, I also, yeah, I, 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 I also enjoy being here. Um, and the thing is, I was talking to my dad last night about it. It's like, you don't get this back. You know, you only get to be in college once. I've been in college for a very long time now. So I'm, you know, it, it feels like forever. I've been in college since, 2017 i'll be a 60 year senior uh i'll be what by next football season i'll be 23 playing with 17 18 year olds it's like it's a big age gap um so i i don't know um 
you love being here. You love playing with your teammates and you only get to be in college once. Um, and there's, you know, a lot that I want to accomplish here and there's a lot, you know, to still accomplish. Um, and I don't know if coming back next year would, would just, you know, help me put up, you know, a legacy for myself and instill myself as one of the top quarterbacks to come through Fresno state. Uh, that's kind of what I also want to do. So got to look at it both ways. You fit in in the Valley too. For people who aren't from California or don't listen to the show, it seems like, you know, you're from Northern, you're from Danville, but Valley yeah. people are a special, like John and I are both not from there, but are went there. And, you know, I got a five, five, nine cell phone now. And anytime I call anybody that has any idea what the five, five, nine is, they always, it comes up every single time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels natural, man. Uh, and I love the people here. Um, like I said, uh, you know, coming back next year and, and, you know, obviously wanting to win a championship this year, if we, if we end up doing that and trying to do another, uh, do a repeat and, and just continue to, to build the legacy that I, you know, am trying to build here and just keep it rolling. I mean, it's something that I really enjoy doing. You can't get, you know, like I said, you can't get it back and, and you only can play football for so long. So, and the NFL is not for long, like a lot of people say. So, yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm not even talking about it in the context of like, are you going to go or stay? I'm just saying not everybody that transfers right ends up in a spot that like becomes a place that is kind of like home for them. That's what it seems like you have. Yeah, no, I definitely got a lot of family here. Um, My parents are two hours away. Uh, They come for every game. They're here all the time. And uh, it definitely does feel like home. Uh, There's people here that I've known my whole life. I go to Shaver um, during the summer all the time. There's there's a lot of people up there. Uh, we have a great time of great friends with the Sweeney's um, have dinner at their house, have dinner at the, the Anderson's Vial's. I mean, there's just a lot of people that, that I appreciate here and, and have taken me in. So um, I definitely enjoy it. I, I would say the thing that makes Fresno unique from a quarterback perspective for a guy that transferred from a power five school, you know, most even Nevada or San Diego State, like they don't have the lineage of obviously the Carr brothers, but you know, yeah. I mean, Trent Dilfer was a top 10 pick. Billy Volick played in the league forever. I mean, this yeah. is a school that produced, I mean, NFL quarterbacks that, you know, I would say if you just look around the non power five programs, that is not the case with the there, How many power guys. five programs have David Carr, Derek Carr, Trent Dilfer, Billy Volick, Hayner? Can you play a little bit. Who's that? Sweeney. Sweeney. Yeah, Brandstater I mean, Brand was drafted. Yeah, Pinnaker almost beat USC. Is that still talked about? That USC game still in lore? That is that is talked. I, I hear about it every once in a while. Oh my god, it's yeah. on YouTube. I watch it once a year. The Reggie Bush game. Oh it's, god, it's pretty good. Like half of Reggie Bush's career highlights came from that game. I know it was rough. Pinnaker threw how, like five picks or something. But the, but the other thing with Fresno, like not even just the quarterbacks, like last weekend, Low Neal gets his number. I like guess it's, it's a powerful like NFL people that played at that program went on to have success on Sundays. Like it's just it's a football program, you know, in every sense you know, of the word. Definitely. And that's what I was looking at, too, when I was transferring. It's like if you want to try to get to the next level, Fresno State's produced those people. Um, they're known for that and they ha- they have that kind of image. So. The old oil can is on the line this week. It is. It is. I mean, this is for first place in the in the division. Biggest, San Diego biggest State. team of the year. I mean, you look at UCLA, you look at Oregon, you look at Nevada. I mean, those those three games are obviously huge. But, um, you know, the more wins you get, each game continues to get bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, this game's huge, man. San Diego State's this, unbeaten. 
Yeah, they're unbeaten going into their place. Uh, and this team loves, let me tell you, these guys, I know you you got to say you got to get up for every game, but this team gets up for big games. These guys get ready and um, they live for these moments and I'm excited to see what they can do. If you guys, what's on the line? Obviously the Nevada game, are you guys in the driver's seat now for the Mountain West? You guys control your own destiny? Is that the way you look yeah, at for the been, conference yeah, championship um, game? Yeah. Uh, if we beat San Diego State this weekend, it, it, it's, you know, not a lock, but we got to keep winning. Um, you definitely have the tiebreaker over the top two teams in my eyes, Nevada and San Diego on our side. Uh, so Nevada, I'm not sure they're going to lose another game. And same with San Diego um, if we don't beat them. So we would have two losses. And, yeah. and unless that's tough because uh, it comes down to overall record um, if you don't have the tiebreaker over one of those teams. So um, just got to keep winning and uh, just continue what we're doing and playing physical football. Well, the team you just beat, is it Carson Strong? Is that the quarterback's mm-hmm. name? He, yeah. uh, I don't want to say he out-dueled them because he was he put up big numbers in that game too, but you guys won the game. You played well. He played well. Came down yeah. to two-point play. I mean, that coming into that game, it was like Hanover Strong. I mean, this is a guy that's getting a lot of NFL buzz too. Like, wh- what was the focus in that game? Because obviously you don't play strong. You guys aren't on the field at the same yeah. time, but just yeah. – the magnitude of that, that's a rivalry. I mean, that, how many guys yeah. in Nevada's team are from the Valley? It feels like half their roster. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely talked to him after the game. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed we can't do this again next year. Um, because last year, the time we played them, it was a huge game too. Uh, whoever won it was in the driver's seat to go to the Mountain West Championship game um, and, and control their own destiny. And uh, they ended up getting us. And, uh, you know, you hear all the draft buzz about him. He's a really good player. And, you hear about their team and how many playmakers they have on the offensive side of the ball. And I got this on my phone. I don't know if you guys can see it. But it's uh, it's the preseason rankings of where we were supposed to finish. I don't even know if it's going to focus. It's not going to focus. It looks like Oh, hold on. It just did look like a Brett McMurphy tweet. It was a Brett McMurphy tweet. Where was the, where to have you ranked? Had us ranked fourth in the West. Fourth in the seventh, West? Seventh. Seventh in the entire conference. I see it every day, uh, and it had Nevada. The, had Nevada first. Is it the, um, so? It's like your. It's like your screen backdrop. It's my, it's, it's my screensaver. When I click my phone on, that's what I see every day. I thought we were uh, working. See, Hater's right, got a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. I do. I do a little bit. And uh, I took that tweet. I printed out 150 copies um, right when they released it, and I pinned it. I wrote a little comment on it. Um, had some bad words in it, but I pinned it up on everybody's locker, told everybody it's a mentality uh, and that we decide what we're going to do this year. Pinned it up on all 120 lockers. I went up to DeBoer's office. DeBoer wasn't there. Stamped it right on his laptop, right in his office, put it on every coach's door. Uh, and that's kind of how we've you know gone through this season. We, we decide what we do and it's up to us, man. It, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That's awesome. That is leadership. That is, that is sweet. That's a great idea. It, it's been fun, man. Uh, the, the guys respond, and um, there's definitely a little chip on our shoulder. The entire did, Lo- team. did Lorenzo talk to the team, they said, on the broadcast oh, yeah. on Friday? What, what was oh, that yeah. like? Oh, yeah. That dude got us fired <laughs> up. Um, he basically <laughs> just told us this, like, this little story. It, it, it went like, uh, talked about a little dog and a big dog and that the little dog every day 
the owner walked the big dog by the cage, the little dog would run out and bark as loud as he could. And he knew the cage was locked and he knew the big dog couldn't get him. The story goes on. The big dog looks at the little dog every day and knows that there's nothing to even nothing to worry about. So he just keeps on going. One day, the owner forgot to lock the door of the little dog's cage. The little dog ran out again, started barking, but the cage opened. And this dude, let me tell you, he's screaming when he's explaining the story. And he's basically comparing us to Nevada in that way. And Nevada was a little dog. They bark. They talk. They do everything like that. We're the big dog. We don't care. We just go about our business. We do everything we need to do to win. The cage opened, or the cage finally opened for the little dog. The little dog, big eyes open. It's like, oh, shit. The cage, is, the cage is open. I got to fight the big dog. The big dog rips the little dog up, throws him away, does whatever. And he goes, boys, the cage is fucking open. Let's go. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. <laughs> I know, it, it was awesome. The dude was very passionate. Um, and he was ready to roll. So got the guys fired up and obviously worked. I got to check the details on the story, but I – I know it was definitely a Jim Sweeney Fresno State team, like at a Hawaii Bowl. Low Neal might have been on the team. They're staying mm-hmm. at a hotel where, like, you know, those older hotels where the balconies of all the rooms face inside, not to mm-hmm. the outside. And it's, you know, 2, 3 a.m. You should ask the Sweeneys this story. Mm-hmm. And somebody's yelling, is there a dog in the house from one of the balconies? And Jim Sweeney starts barking. And the next thing you know, all the doors are opening. The players are coming out. Everyone's... <laughs> At 2, 2.30 a.m. in the morning. But check that through with the I'll, I'll ask Bo. I'm going to see Bo this week. I'll definitely ask him. Yeah, tell him I saw Bo last weekend. Tell him Middlecoff says, what's up? He, he can sling it a little bit back in the day. Dude, I know. He can. <laughs> I love playing golf with that guy. Definitely have a great time whenever we go out on the course. Um, How much golf are you playing during season? I haven't played at all. I played. Actually, no, that's a lie. I played during the bye week once at San Joaquin. Um and I haven't picked a club up since. Um, I wish I could, but I don't have time. Have you? 76. Have you already? Well, yeah, uh, what'd you shoot? A rusty seventy-six. Uh, no, I only played nine. I shot like thirty-seven on the front, and we stopped. Um, I mean, it was whatever. But definitely, when I have time in the summer, I'd definitely love to play. When I first got here, I I showed up, and and Bo, Bo had heard that I played golf or whatever, and I show up. I I swear I hadn't been playing, and I just start playing every day um, with these guys because I was ineligible and I was a plus three shooting 66 like consistently. <laughs> and these guys are like, dude, why does it say your handicaps a, a three? You're a plus three and I'm shooting 66 or giving me all these strokes and I'm just taking all their money. It was, <laughs> it was awesome though. Have you already uh, peaked at San Diego state? Have. Yes. Yes, I have. I uh, watched them last night for an hour and a half. Um, and then I went in this morning at about eight 30 and, and watched uh, what game did I watch? Watch their New Mexico State game. So, when you like when you first watch an opponent before you get the game plan and stuff, like what do you what's your like go what are you looking for? You just watch over yeah. you, you watch something specific? Yeah. So on uh Sunday night I just like to breeze through a couple games, kind of see how they play, what their mentality is like, uh, and, and see their base structure. Um, and I've seen their base structure before because we played New Mexico last year and they had, you know, obviously Rocky yeah. uh, was their DC and they they do the same you know, same scheme. They came after you in that game. Um, they did. And I'm sure they're going to do the same thing. They they do a lot of exotic blitzes and, and stuff like that, and they like to try to change the picture late on me. Um, but, you know, I, I'd like to kind of just scheme through and, and see what, you know, see what their base tendencies are, if they have any, see what their, uh, you know, their main coverage shell is, what they get into. 
um, how much man they're playing, because that's a big thing for us, obviously, getting in and out of checks um, on third downs and how much pressure they bring on third down um, is a big thing for us, too. So just kind of seeing what they do, seeing how their players are, see what kind of personnel they have and, and see who you know we want to attack. So I'd imagine you guys get the game plan tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday, so you meet the coaches on Tuesday. Are you going back and forth with the OC, some of the position coaches today, yeah. like just texting and stuff, Peyton Manning style, you know? Or- uh, yeah, no, I, I went in this morning and, and uh, went over the whole scouting report. We got that today. I got to do a personnel sheet tonight um, on them and, and, you know, talk about their fronts, uh, talk about their main pressures, talk about their personnel, things like that. And then this morning I met with Grubb, talked about, you know, our scheme, our run game scheme, what we like, um, what he likes, what worked in the past, and uh, you know some of the base checks that he's thinking on normal downs for us to get in and out of, and stuff that I see, you know, what I like, and uh, just kind of pick my brain off of what I saw in the first couple games. Jake, go get him! Can't wait, man. Big win! It's baby. great talking to you, man. Just keep it rolling. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, it was awesome. Um, we're excited about it. Team's ready to go and got to bring another championship back, man. That's what we're trying to go do. Dogs. Yeah. Go, go dogs. Go dogs, baby. <laughs> Thanks, go Jake. Dogs. Thanks, Thanks guys. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis easily find high quality meat and seafood you can trust 100 percent grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken pork raised crate free and wild-caught seafood always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping butcherbox is offering you Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season long more or less picks on mlb homers you may remember i've got less on otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next nba blowout game Just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, 
promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know what I stumbled upon yesterday was uh, I was watching Ole Miss, like Lane Kiffin's press conference. I just kind of wanted to see, like, does he have a different vibe? He's still a little different, you know, like whispers in his press conference. But he's, like, in a good mood. But then I was on Ole Miss's YouTube page, so I also watched Matt Corral's. And he's a guy, I think, you know, probably a little more physically gifted than Hayner, but also in the same kind of, uh, you know, overarching uh, kind of class of players in terms of smaller, good athlete, uh, good arm. But, you know, it's not, I, he was not viewed as some like blue chip player. I, I just think a lot of those guys, you know, Obviously, Baker was the number one overall pick, but when you look at later, you know, Gardner Minshew is a good example. Uh, Corral would have been a guy five, six years ago that probably is going in the fourth or fifth round. I mean, I think Jake Hayner's getting drafted now, probably more likely sixth or seventh round or something. Who knows? I mean, you go to the Senior Bowl. I, I think a huge question mark with this class, I saw Mel Kuyper put out his top five players uh, today. Not one quarterback, and there shouldn't be a quarterback. You Who know, do you have? Cave on. Drake London, uh, oh, Drake London, North, Drake Jackson. Uh, no, Notre Dame safety Hamilton. Uh, he had an Alabama offensive lineman. I mean, it was just five position players. Kayvon was number one, and then just kind of like I, I don't think many people Mel now Mel doesn't necessarily care. Like I don't think people view uh, Drake, Drake London as a top five pick. Like I think he's no. more like a top twenty pick. Yeah, what where but, did Crabtree go? Like. 11 or 12. Nine, yeah, okay. 7, 8, 9. Yeah, somewhere like 9, 10. You know, I, I heard that as a comp from somebody. I don't know if... I don't know. It was interesting. I think Crabtree... I mean, Crabtree won the Blitnikoff Award. This guy, John, is getting targeted 20 times a game. Crabtree won it twice. Won I mean, Crabtree's one of the greatest college yeah, players ever. <laughs> the, this guy is getting targeted like 20 times a game defenses know what's going to him he's and he's catching like 17 and 20 balls i mean it's well, crazy if, Crab, if crabtree had his entire career those two years that he had with Derek for 10 years don't you think we'd view mike crabtree as a lot different like he was a really really good pro if he had just been like 75 and you know a thousand and and yeah and he year. was a really good pro but yeah you're right if he'd done it maybe all in one place it felt like he'd only done like two or like three or four good years instead of like and he played nine ten years right instead of when you draft a guy that high, you're hoping for, right? I mean, a great career. <laughs> you're, I'm trying to think of like Devon, like Devonte was a second round pick, but you know what I mean, Keenan. Yeah, like you, yep. you want one of those guys' careers. Yeah, he went tenth overall. He had the Achilles, and you'd say he really had like, um, uh, I don't know how long, like a uh, one, two, three, four, five. He had like s how many prime years did he have? 
Uh, well, I mean, he caught 89 balls in like year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's pretty good. I mean, he was a with thousand the, yard the receiver Raiders? in year eight. Yeah. Yeah. He was a thousand yard receiver twice, caught 80 plus balls three times. Yeah. Underwhelming for where he was picked. Now he got to a team that had a weird quarterback situation, right? Felt like yeah. he hit his stride when he got to the Raiders. Is that fair? Like when you're looking at his stats, like his two best years with the Raiders? Um, no? Well, I mean, he had the he had a really good year with the Niners, and then and then got, he got hurt. hurt. Yeah, I mean, what he was, was your, coming what off was his big he, year with the Niners. It was his best year of his career. It was 85 what? catches, 1100 yards, nine touchdowns. What year was that? 2012. So it was Kaepernick and Alex. It's like combo of them both. That yeah. was Super Bowl year. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he catches that ball. So you're right. So it's like maybe the Achilles derailed his career for a little bit. He might have just had like a six-year stretch of just really good. Right? He, uh, yeah, I think he would have because he because 13, he hurts the Achilles. 14, he comes back, right, is not 100%, has catches 68 balls, though. Has a pretty good year. Plays all 16 games. So if it's not for that Achilles, he's he's he ends up with, instead of three... 80-plus catch years, two 1,000-yard years in a five-year span. He probably has five straight years of 80 you know, eighty to 90 catches. And of those five years, maybe maybe four of them are 1,000-yard seasons. So if you're drafting Drake London at you know, between 5 to 15 and you know you're getting that, you feel pretty good. Like I'm getting, a, a, you know, at worst, like a 2A, right? Maybe a 1B, but that's you feel pretty good. Yeah, I think that's probably what you're getting, but it's going to be just – very reliable. Super which, high character. I was reading like he hates. He's actually kind of old school. Like he's not like a, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and all the time. I when I yeah. read this ESPN article, I'm like, I fucking like this guy. Yeah, they like him. He, I he think played basketball like, his freshman year. Kyle Hamilton. People love that guy. Super high character. I'm telling you, this year is not a year where there's like seven. You know, Panay Sewell. Jamar Chase, like it's Kayvon would have been in that, like that type name in any of the year. But I think the rest of the crew, like I, I was texting with a buddy a couple weeks ago. We maybe it was last week because it was I was watching USC because uh Hamilton got hurt, right? He hurt his knee. I think he's out this week. Not it's not a terrible, it's just like a sprain, right? It's not like a tear in ACL. But I was like, what where would you pick Hamilton? He's like, Well, he's probably gonna go in the top ten, but in my opinion, he's probably more like fifteen to twenty, just he plays safety. But he's going to be one of the better prospects in this draft. So that tells you, it's not there. Ain't like seven Boses in this thing, and Zeke Elliott's and Jalen Ramsey's, and it's it's and all the receive yeah, all the receivers, right? Like we've you know, seen in the, years past, where there've been multiple first round receivers. I've heard where it's good because all the guys return because of the COVID season. It's like it's a really good second through like fourth round, just like solid guys, you know, like a lot of yeah. Debo Samuel types, you know, which you know means there's all pros in the draft. You just got to find them. Yeah, you're going right. to have the opportunity to draft him in the I, second, third round. And I think for Hayner, like, he's had to keep proving himself. I mean, Lamar Jackson got drafted in the first round. Kyler Murray got drafted first overall. And those guys have continued to have to prove themselves, right? So he, well, wherever Hayner gets drafted, he'll have to do it again. But he's done it before. He's done it before. I believe in the guy. Now, like, he yeah. knew it. He said it, though. Like, I got to put on weight because I you don't get – quarterbacks under 200 pounds don't get drafted. Well, what did he say when, because, uh, you know, him and Tua, he's like, I'm taller than Tua, but Tua's 20 pounds bigger. Was 20, I mean, it might be more. If he's, because did he say Tua's 220? Which is that true? Uh, well, when I stood by Tua at the Super Bowl, he is built like a little fucking running back. Like he is not slightly built. 
One thing I watched some of the Elite Eleven. Um, who was listed at two seventeen? Yeah, so Jake's Jake's like one ninety, right? So that's thirty pounds. Um, one thing I watched some of the Elite Eleven clips before we talked to Hainer, and uh, Tua was there, and I'd forgot I'd seen these clips before. I'd forgotten about him, but Dilfer is all over Tua for being like undisciplined, not as a guy, but just kind of loosey goosey in terms of when they're going through drills. Again, it's not that he's acting out or anything like that, but he's just kind of maybe not as fundamentally sound and everything they want him to do, not as diligent with the fundamentals as they wanted. You know, maybe I want, I just, it made me wonder is that part of what we're seeing now? A guy who didn't ever have to be that, even in Alabama, got away with it. You would have thought they maybe they cleaned some of that up at Alabama, but I just one, one thing one thing going against Hayner. If Hayner was a starting quarterback at Oklahoma, he would be a one hundred percent lock to get drafted. You know, probably mid rounds. I'd if say put, by the fourth round. Yeah, if you put Baker Mayfield at Fresno State, even under Tedford when they were really good, like he is not going number one overall, right? You know, yeah, speaks to right. Tua and Mac, like Tua and Mac. You put two at Fresno State or Boise State or whatever, he's not going fifth in the draft. You do benefit. It's weird because, like, hype ultimately does not determine one, like, a GM's pick, but it does influence the owner and the narrative around the player and just where he's. You don't think it influences a GM's pick? Well, I mean, it it does just because, like, two is like the top quarterback, but if I had put two at San Diego State, he probably wouldn't be talked about like that. So it just. Yeah, if Joe Burrow had had his year at Louisville. Yeah, well, look at Teddy. You look or at UCF. Uh, yeah, if I mean, Burrow Teddy had the Lamar, LSU year at UCF. Is he the number one overall pick? Put it. I mean, actually, Bo- let me let me get. You might Bortles go. went. Bortles went third. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Burrow does what he did at UCF and Herbert's at LSU, who goes one? Yeah. Uh, you get you get so much more margin for error. And I think we just overlook some of your flaws at the bigger program. It's just human nature because well, it feels safer. Well, yeah, if, if if you and I get on Twitter Saturday at 1 o'clock, most people have probably just consumed if, let's say, Ohio State and Michigan had just played and, and one of those two programs has a number one overall pick at quarterback, that guy's getting the majority of people's attention, right? Yet Hayner, or even Carr is a great example, it's, it's just harder to fight for real estate of the attention than then gets you, like if, Kayvon Thibodeau, he is awesome. He does benefit from being at that program. Now he was he was going to a sweet program no matter what. But let's just hypothetically say, a Thibodeau, a Bosa. If I do put him at a non Power Five program, now he's probably going to dominate because Khalil did. But it's hard. Now you yeah. can just say, well, when does a Khalil ever end up there? Well, it never happens. Khalil so also got the opportunity to play against Ohio, Ohio State. State and Taylor yeah. Decker, right? Wasn't that the tackle? Yeah. Had three sacks, I think. Played really well. So and that's when Mayock pounded the table, and then he took Cleveland Farrell. Well, I mean, that was not the same draft. draft. D- different, draft, different draft. But I do think a lot of people saw that. Well, like, Mayock, Mayock knows his defenders. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it was at a time when Khalil Mack was not the obvious pick. If he had played at Ohio State, everyone would have everyone like he went really high. So it's not like he got overlooked. But uh, uh, if I ever could talk to Mayock, I'd say that statement you made was so that would have been like someone in his stature pounding the table for Herbert over Tua. And no one was doing it, right? Yeah. Like a Mayock, a DJ, like, you got to do this. Because he was adamant, right? He was. He was like, I would not take Clowney. I would take this guy. I do not remember 
I mean, even me and you probably loosely did it. Like, Herbert's bigger, stronger, but no one was like, you cannot take Tua Tungabailoa. <laughs> and now it's like, everyone's out on him. Yep. Including the owner. You see the, own, the owner's meeting today? I guess Stephen Ross walked by. They're like, do you have a comment on Tua and Deshaun Watson? He's like, no. And he just kept on moving. Nor should he. If Harb, would he, would he do Harbaugh again? If No. Okay. Uh, Good pod, John. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We'll have plenty more to talk about when we go live again on Thursday for the podcast, as well as our lock of the week. Someone's like, didn't we just select Trey third or went second? Those guys are physically. Well, just because I was like bemoaning the non-big school guys. Now, those guys were like physical blue chippers, you know. It is crazy. We almost had two North Dakota State quarterbacks playing against each other on Sunday Night Football. Well, when when you text me that, I didn't even realize. I know. They're like, went North Dakota State, Eastern Illinois, Garoppolo. I was like, yeah, doesn't quite have the same. When you watch Wentz move, he does not. He looks like he played in the Big Ten or something. How does he end up there? I mean, it still blows my mind. I don't know. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.